0: What's happening everybody? Welcome to the show. We are your hosts, Chase and Miles, and welcome back to At the Lucky Duck. Miles, uh, who do we have on today?
1: Today we have on Tom. Mm, Welcome, Tom. (laughs) And the reason I don't have a long intro is because I don't actually know Tom, but today we're going to learn... Probably some stuff about him.
2: Yeah. yeah. Probably, you know. I, I kind of like that, being an unknown quantity. Cool. Mm. You know, hard to pin down.
1: Mystery man. Mystery yeah, man.
2: Yeah, man, man of
0: many hats, as I like to say. <laughs> yes. Uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're talking, just get up a little bit okay. closer to the mic so we uh, our lovely guests at home can hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah welcome welcome you uh I met you through uh Jess who was on the podcast this season earlier in the season yep. and um found out you're a really cool dude so I thought it'd be a good uh, opportunity to have you on yeah. learn a little bit more about you um yeah miles usually has like a a longer intro he like goes into some facts and yeah i usually research
1: the guest. i go to your house i break in and stay there during the night watch you sleep figure Mm -hmm. out what your patterns are yeah um and i kind of come up with this uh manifesto of who you are is it weird that i'd be into that or no it's actually kind of cool yeah that's why voyeurism I wish I had known that before <laughs> yeah you could <laughs> added that into the intro yeah. but I, I'd be careful
2: breaking into my house you know, there's, <laughs> some, there's some rough characters there <laughs> yeah. all, right, all right, good to know I, I live in a sober living house so okay gotcha. say that. Uh, so so what is what does that mean exactly um so basically it's a um, group housing situation where um, you know we all Uh, live together and stay sober. Um, you know, there's different iterations of it, different levels of control. I'm probably at like one of the lower, lower levels, um, you know, um, whereas basically the only requirement is stay sober and, um, go to a house meeting once a week, do a chore. I think those are the three main things. So, you know, um, and it's you know, it's just a means to a maintain sobriety and b uh maintain accountability uh in the long term. So
0: Well, on that note, let's <laughs> give a good cheers to start off the episode. <laughs> cheers um, We are drinking a uh a kind of like a virgin uh version of the tequila sunrise. It's got some sparkling water in there too. It's pretty good. A little man. extra pop. I like it um so what what how did how did you find yourself in that uh situation
2: um man years of wild shit uh constantly like wild partying and uh you know it it finally came to a head i this is actually my second stint in uh sobriety um Hmm. i was in uh, um like for a year and a half about 2014 through 2016. um And, um, yeah, so basically I, I started partying real young and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, it was pretty accepted, like at least in my circle of friends, um, also lived in close proximity to Red Rocks all my life. So that was kind of our weekend thing is we'd go up to Red Rocks, get alcohol, get drugs and, uh, you know, do that. And, you know, I always kind of prided myself on being the party guy and, uh, you know, it was a fun party until it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I had a brief stint in sobriety and then, uh, around, well, oh, uh, April 18th, uh, 2018 was the beginning of the end. That was when I got my second DUI. Um, and you know, that's when the legal troubles started and, um, enforced sobriety and I wasn't doing very good at it and just had one uh one real bad uh relapse and uh and you know that was a big wake up call so um hmm. yeah basically I was you know I was messing up on probation so I had an alcohol ankle monitor all this you know daily UAs I think or you know something like that and one day I was just uh, with a friend, he was moving to Australia, he gave me like some crazy liquid benzo uh, before he, you know, that he got off the Silk Road. <laughs> and I oh, shit. I blacked out for a day and a half, came to in front of my freezer, chugging about a bottle of Crown Royal and uh, still had my ankle monitor on and all that. And Whoa. it was just a huge wake up call and I uh, realized that I needed to change and then I needed help. And, I'd actually, you know, been in the house that I'm at before, and so I knew where to go, and you know, less than a month later, I moved in there, and shit. Now, so that was July, um, twenty nineteen, and so a little bit over three years now.
0: Wow! Congrats, man.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a a great accomplishment
0: because I, you know, you hear all uh, there's a lot of stories like that out there, and I think a lot of people describe. Um, as you have, you know, how, how tough that is to like come to that realization. You know, some people have it in the example of what you, you know, presented to this, like this wake up call and some people, you know, either go a little deeper than that, you know, and it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great thing that you're able to, to overcome that. Um, what is a alcohol ankle bracelet?
2: Monitor? It's called, um, Scram, I think it's a acronym for something, but uh basically what it is, uh it's kind of a lot like your heart rate monitor on your Apple Watch or smart watch. Um so it's on your ankle. It's there's a metal piece uh right up against your skin and it tests your sweat for the presence of alcohol. No oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. yeah I didn't need wow. it. <laughs> Um, you know, if don't drink a drive and you, uh, and then continue <laughs> to drink and you won't have to figure that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Figure that out. That I, I figured that one out the hard way. So, um, yeah. you know, it's not typically something, uh, people run into in everyday life, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I honestly didn't think that, t- that, that was a technology that existed out there. <laughs> it so, sure is. It's you interesting. It's huh. so
2: the, uh, yeah, it's very, you know. I'm sure you've seen them before if you've ever seen somebody with an ankle monitor, mm-hmm. but, uh, you probably thought it was like a home monitoring system or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're out there and they're not too much fun. Costs a lot of money on top of, you know, all your court fees and all that. Yeah. So I bet that, that, that whole process
0: was pretty financially burdensome. some.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. Um, but you know, I, I, cr- I credit that, like hardship and everything, for actually giving me the willingness to um, make changes in my life. Um, and that's that's pretty common theme um, for people in recovery. You know, you gotta hit hit the bottom hard before you uh, hmm. really commit yourself to that. And I, I would say, you know, any life changing pursuit, you know, like completely radical. You know, change, of course, in your life, you know, usually there has to be some sort of major upheaval in your life to mm-hmm. uh, facilitate the willingness to make wholesale changes. Right, like a
0: stimulus that really kicks you off to
2: uh, realize you
0: need to change. So what, what is it like being in a community of people who are trying to kick the, the old uh,
2: drug problem you know, it's, there's never a dull moment, yeah. um, except in the meetings when people like talk uh, really for a long time. And you know, yeah. that's a, that's a side note. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, because the thing about it, like addiction and recovery and being a an addict alcoholic is, you know, you get to a point where you feel like you're the only person in the world that feels like this. And then mm. You know, you're introduced to a community who all felt like that at one point or another. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a sense of acceptance that, you know, is rare to find just anywhere in life. You know, um, as soon as you walk through those doors, you have a, a community of people that are there to support you, even without knowing you, you know, a big thing uh in recovery is uh the idiom like uh we'll love you until you love yourself learn to love yourself mm. you know and that is the truth so and and it's cool because you know you right off the bat have a commonality with every single person in this room and in, in any given room you know whether they're an alcoholic a, a dope fiend a tweaker you know you've all, all all seen that dark place um and uh you know are trying to work your way through it so there's that common thread that really unites us all um plus it's great because uh it's a one of the few places where i can have an extremely dark sense of humor and it's well received (laughs) uh by most everybody so you know um you've never heard so many you know jokes about like wanting to kill yourself or trying to kill yourself or Mm -hmm. losing your family and you know being homeless you know everybody jokes about it and it's uh you know, it's a a cool cathartic thing that, you know, I think, you know, kind of helps everybody heal. So, right. Is, are most people there by choice? Um, yeah, for the most part. Um, uh, well, I do like 12 step recovery. So, um, you know, in those rooms, uh, pretty much everybody's there by choice. Some people it's a legal requirement or their, their family, you know, wants them to be there, but, they don't usually last too long. Um, the ones that stay, it's by choice. Uh, so, over the living, it's an, another, you know, kind of a mixed bag. Um, but yeah, yeah. So most most everybody's there by choice, and the ones that aren't usually don't make it. so, yeah, Right. Yeah. It,
1: but that helps. Uh, everyone's really in, like in in it, in it. Right. I mean, it's it's not like they're there just because they have to. It's really people who want to be around other people who have been through that situation
2: yeah yeah at at least you know for yeah for the for the most part you know even if people that aren't exactly working like a program are doing very well you know it's something that breaks up that isolation so um yeah, yeah it's pretty cool
1: and how long do people usually
2: stay in a community like that well um it really depends you got um You know, as people gain more time, they're more likely to stay, right? So you'll know a lot of people temporarily, you know, uh, for, you know, month, two, three. And then uh, there's people that are, you know, in the intermediary, kind of like me, you know, just over three years. Um, And then I know people that have, you know, 35, 40 years of sobriety. So there's a lot of people that stick around with it for a long time
0: there any like limits as to how long you're allowed to stay no uh
2: no no not at all um yeah Yeah, you just uh one day you just become an old timer and that's what they'll they'll call Mm -hmm. you but um you know it's a it's a term of endearment and i i think as it should be because it really is a a demonstration of why you should have hope
1: uh, Mm -hmm. for
2: the future you know which is huge in the recovery community but i think just generally in life, you know, uh, a little, little glimpse of hope will go a long way, yeah. you know. So, hmm. so are you planning to? Um,
0: uh, how, so you've been in for three years. Yes, I have. What's your What's your plans? Are you thinking to stay or?
2: Um, no, I I, <laughs> I hate it. Um, not. It's just it's it's a grueling thing, and yeah, uh, the parties you know, are lame. Probably, yeah. No, I, well, I'll the parties are parties <laughs> are pretty wild because uh, you know once you've uh, partied enough, you know you it gets wild. Like our Fourth of July parties are insane. You know, I bet. we're throwing mortars into the uh, <laughs> into the storm drains and everything, nice. and you know, might be some gunplay. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. And it, it's fun for a while, but. Um, a, I ran the house for quite some time, so, like, mm-hmm. I took on way too much responsibility for too long, got burnt out that way. And B, I, I live with eight other people, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's um, that's really rough. It's a lot of roommates. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot <laughs> it's a of lot roommates. A yeah. um, lot of different personalities, um, and, you know, just by nature of living with somebody, you know, shit comes up and you just have a lot of opportunities for shit to come up. So, um, but no, you know, I'm holding on for just a few more months and then, uh, um, I have an idea of my next roommate, you know, um, she's she's pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, we're kind of playing it by ear until, uh, we decide to, uh, you know, take the leave and move in together, but, uh, that's good.
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I'm, I, am i am extremely lucky in that way, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, right at the end of last year, beginning of this year, I was supposed to move in with my best friend and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that all, that all fell through, um, yeah. primarily cause we worked together and, uh, I got fired and <laughs> uh, <oof>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't actually like, I can say this certainly like anything to do with me. Mm. um there were aspects, but they you know, they had a history of uh really fucking with people and uh Ooh. until they quit. And uh
0: they <laughs> took like a toxic uh yeah, co worker yeah. situation.
2: Yeah, well it was a toxic management situation oh, and yeah. uh you know, um luck I mean, unfortunately or luckily, depending on how you look at it, I, I know how to play those games. So like mm. um cause I grew up real ADHD and stuff like that. And, you know, when they really started messing with me over things like timeliness and, you know, organization. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do some ADA stuff. And, yeah. you know, it ended up, um, you know, turning into an equal employment opportunity commission case. And, uh, I won. So nice. yeah, oh. yeah, they, uh, you know, but it was unfortunate cause I lost my best friend, but, you know, they say when, uh, one door closes, another one opens, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know if I had been in a, a different, you know, things had gone down differently. You know, I might not be where I'm at, and I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. So awesome. Well, fairly happy. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> you're almost you're almost to where you want to
2: be. Yeah, per- yeah, personal life uh, is coming together. A uh, little bit of work needs to be done on the professional side of things. Sure. Um, so. You know, um, but, you know, that's just a result of a, a, not even a misspent youth, a misspent life, you know, Mm. Um, but I'm actually very grateful for all that because it gives you a lot of perspective Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, at a certain point, you know, you've been around the block and you know how to handle yourself, you know, so, yeah, um, and especially with as much adversity as I've faced, I'm... Uh-huh. you know, um, and I, when we had dinner the other night, you know, I'd mentioned I'd just gotten laid off and, you know, right now I'm doing material handling, which is basically driving big forklifts and doing manual labor. And, uh, you know, um, it's a good catalyst for me to, you know, take steps to improving my professional life. So.
0: Right. Well, it sounded like you had your, your, uh, hands full with, you said you were running the house that you're, you're living in? Yeah. What exactly does that mean? Like, what are the responsibilities? With- uh,
2: keep everybody in line. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, shit. Um, so there's a lot of turnover there. So, um, you know, you're basically the, the example setter mm-hmm. in many ways. You lead the meetings, you know, you liaise between... Um, the, the larger organization, which is like chapter state. Um, Hmm. so I'm, I'm in an Oxford house, which is like a nonprofit grouping of sober livings. So, um, but yeah, each house has its own autonomy, but we also have chapters and state associations. And so I would liaise with them. I'd make sure my treasurer was, uh, you know, uh, doing the books, right. Um, you know, just basically anything that needed to be done. Um, you know, traditionally there's defined roles, but, um, there, there was a lot of turnover. So I just ended up doing a lot of things. And, Mm. um, so I would be the treasurer. I would write all the, you know, all the checks. I would check everybody's chores, make sure they were done. Uh, you so know.
0: everybody's got like a pull their own weight type of situation, yeah, yeah, ideally
2: ideally, and you know um yeah it's been it's been tough even trying to like once giving up that position, like trying to get people to uh you know pull their own weight, so
0: yeah, so is there like a current uh head of the house right now
2: yeah there is there yeah. is, um, but more often than not, he calls me to figure out what to do with <laughs> yeah. situations and you know, when things go down I'm usually the first one to get the call. So uh, um you know, um but it, it's lessening over time where while well, I'm um you know, not doing as much each week, which is which is good. Um Plus it helps, you know, I'm not I'm not usually there. Um mm-hmm. you know, now that I'm uh with Jess, you know, I I prefer to spend my time over there and yeah, you know, vice versa. Um so I'm not like Uber present there. So um I think that's helped me kinda shy away from that a little bit. Yeah. Know, and help the house get ready for me to transition out. Who's know?
0: who's the who's the person with the longest tenure there?
2: Um my buddy andy um nice. shout out to andy <laughs> shout out Andy He will never uh figure out how to consume this podcast so, um he is uh he's like sixty five techno- technologically illiterate uh still still rocking the flip phone doesn't know how to text you wow. know um, good for him but uh you know he's a he's a real good guy um yeah but, how long has he been there um About. Uh, coming up on four years now nice uh a little over three and a half so it's me and him uh that have been there the longest. uh
0: <laughs> you like i could take him if i needed to oh yeah well or... <laughs> he, he's, he's very
2: old um he's scrappy for an old guy though yeah uh, yeah, yeah he's uh <laughs> you know uh it, he cracks me up like he you he wear he's 65 he kind of has but he's in shape sixty five. So we kind of we kind of make fun of him for looking like Iggy Pop, you know. <laughs> he has real cut off uh, short, cut off jorts, usually like a a belly shirt, cut off belly shirt, you know, t shirt. Oh, there and, you go. You know, he's a, he's a he's a character for sure. Um, fun, <laughs> but but he's my buddy. Like if I ever need you know uh, go to for doing labor around the house that's who that's who is the man you know he's always down to mow the lawn water the yard you know nice fix things um you know so that's kind of funny that he's your go-to guy he's like yeah.
0: 65 years old
2: yeah yeah well you know he well a, he's been stable for a long time with his sobriety yeah okay um so you can rely he's reliable he's, yeah sense. yeah he's he's reliable and uh you know he, he's old school so getting him to like you know like you know we our lawnmower broke down just let us uh borrow it uh borrow hers because she doesn't use it you know um but with that it hadn't been run in a long time like he's the guy i could trust to like hey change no or a know how to and b do it mm-hmm. uh change the oil uh sharpen the blades you know tighten up everything make sure it's uh it's in good shape, so we don't fuck it up, you know, yeah. <laughs> type thing. So, I mean, that's and it's just little things like that, and you know, when it's in a big house like that, everybody kind of has their niche, mm-hmm. you know, roles. So. He's
0: like the he's like the old grandpa that you go to that knows how to fix everything, and yeah, and yeah, He's like always gonna be able to pull through <laughs> for you exactly I need, I need one of those yeah I I need need you, andy. you yeah. can you can use me you can use me i'll be your andy
2: <laughs>
1: fair enough um yeah hmm. so nice well, so, so then well. once you're getting out of there you said you want to work a bit on your professional life
2: yeah is, yeah absolutely what are you thinking um Gen. i mean i just generally need to get out of manual labor i've been doing it all my life and my body's kind of uh reflecting that. Um I'm thinking IT, um, just in some capacity. Um, whether it be coding security or um whatnot. I'm I'm actually kind of thinking leaning more towards like uh the network infrastructure and just because I've um got a lot of electrical experience and yeah. uh all that. Um so I I mean, you know. Running cables, running cables, running cables. So totally, yeah. you know, I I would have some overlap experience there, and then that could be something to do while I move into you know um, a less physical role or you know something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah,
1: that really makes sense because um, in college I majored in computer science, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys who were doing computer engineering, which took a lot of similar classes. Also, we're dual majoring in electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really makes sense how those kind of overlap. So that's I think that's a good plan.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, once I do something less physically taxing, um, I can commit to other things beyond that because I won't be, like, exhausted when I get home. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, plus things tend to snowball when they're coming together. So, you know, yeah. one good decision leads into another, leads into another, you know, as long as you're doing your maintenance you can you can achieve a lot of cool things so um sucks that i'm 33 and doing that now but you know uh it is what it is yeah you know but um i'm just happy that i have the potential to change
1: Uh, i think it's doable i actually have a lot of uh co-workers and uh, guys i went to school with who were in their 30s and Mm -hmm. they're software engineers now and you know their life's completely different than what it was before so i think yeah. it's totally doable
2: exactly and you know the reason i picked it is you know i i i was really into computers when i was younger you know i uh this was early internet days you know i started you know when i was in middle Ask school <laughs> <laughs> yeah well this was like dial-up uh aol you know um type stuff <laughs> you know mod- modem sound internet days yeah. um you know, I started uh, you know, learning a little bit about um doing HTML and then in high school I was in networking classes and stuff like that. So I have had that interest before. Um, um yeah. Um I did actually go to college for a while, but it was for something completely different. So women's but, studies, probably, right? Did <laughs> you say women's studies? Yeah, women's studies. <laughs> uh, Probably oh one my of the, God! The, uh, the worst studies. <laughs> one of the worst experiences of my college career was disagreeing uh, with a professor in a uh, gender in the economy class. Oh,
0: um,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah, I've <have> never <laughs> been more ganged up in uh, <laughs> in my life. Um, but um, no, I, so I was a history major. Um yeah. Cool. You know, and still love it. Um, still something I'm passionate about, but. Um, doesn't really seem like uh there's a feasible career path outside of academia that i could really accomplish anything with
0: yeah it does sort of lend itself to uh kind of like a hobby type of thing like a lot of you know history buffs they they do it
2: for the love of it not to really make a whole lot of money out of it Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it would be mm-hmm. it's still one of my hobbies like i still mm-hmm. just like going down rabbit holes and researching oh yeah different aspects you know i Watch documentaries and then I, you know, spend three hours just looking at stuff (laughs) and going on tangent after tangent after tangent. But, um, you know, yeah, so, but feeling satisfied after. So,
0: what, uh, Miles, what, if you could, we'll go back to the history thing, but I wanted to circle back before we move on. What is the one thing or one sector within, uh, computer science that that you would encourage people who are interested in that field to pursue there's so many different things there's like yeah. networking there's development there's product management right. architecture yeah. like what is do you think in and, and keep in mind like when you're thinking about this um, you know obviously you don't want to work 60 80 hours a week doing this so what is uh, keeping in like life work balance in mind and also Um, you know, what's hot in the industry, what has longevity, um, what would you recommend somebody to pursue?
1: Well, development's kind of the most general field in uh, computer IT stuff, because you can really kind of apply it to anything once you understand how, I mean, if you can become a programmer and write some code, that's kind of uh, the basic thing you need to really do anything in IT. Uh, whether it's writing bash scripts python java whatever it is and then you can kind of specialize from there so if you're interested in networking for instance you'd want to learn a lot about uh, how networks work how they were developed and how they work now Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, i don't know if there's one thing in particular that uh, is i mean People talk about security cybersecurity. security mm-hmm. is really important there's a huge need there but in general i think in it there's there's always more people who are needed yeah um, and so but i think learning learning how to program things is essential really to any of those jobs mm-hmm. um, and it's really easy uh, to if you have time to just sit down and actually uh, understand what it what it's actually doing understanding how a computer works and then um like you said you're interested in networking um i mean networks can be uh super simple if you study them but they can be super complex in a large infrastructure and that's what they need people to actually go work on is the complex stuff Mm so it's uh yeah, it's a hard thing to answer, I guess. Yeah, Good question. <laughs> um, I hear well, this so I, And much, I've been running right?
2: into that a lot as I've been researching, uh, you know. And that's kind of one of the bedevilments. I want to break into this, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of different avenues and paths, you know, you can take. You know, CompTIA, CompTIA play, or you know, uh, Python. Totally. You know, and um, but luckily there's a lot of boot camps and stuff. So um, actually, this is, uh, you know fortuitous cuz you know that uh um you might I might be able to pick your brain a little bit more at uh, some other point just to figure out some different pathways to take cuz you know um what I have found is that there are a ton of like boot camps and everything for you to get your initial certifications and then then you can you know kind of carry from there so. yeah
1: exactly um yeah it's i the field of IT it's so general Uh, because if you, I mean, a long time ago, it kind of meant like some guys who were sitting in a room, they were sys admins and they ran some servers Mm -hmm. for the company who had maybe like a small website or they just had some batch processing that they did at their company, like at a bank or something. And now it's like every company pretty much is doing some form of IT, whether it's working with Amazon, AWS to, uh, you know, uh, run their website or their application, or they're actually doing it themselves, so it's in all of our lives uh, and you really have to you you can be kind of generic about it, um learn some different skills that will kind of set you off into your a career and then kind of specialize from there mm-hmm. um so
0: yeah there's there's a like for instance in the company i work for there's a guy that's like a help desk specialist Mm -hmm. so he's taking care of like email issues and things that you know or delegating to other people who are specialized and then you have somebody that's solely working on network stuff and then there's a guy that's working on point of sale uh for like our restaurants Mm -hmm. and stuff so there's like and just in our right. IT department, there's like three or four different specialties. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. They, they're they kind of in high demand right now, mm-hmm. uh, like for some really good people. Um, and I think network security comes to mind, you know, when uh, I think of like something that's in super high demand. Yeah. Something that's really high paying too. Very high paying. Yeah. yeah. When
1: I think about the people I know who have, who have found out what their salaries are, what their compensation packages uh, people in security uh, are the highest paid that i know of mm-hmm. um the, the lowest in their career highest paid i mean obviously you can have a, a software architect who makes 300 400k a year and he was going in my path but the guys who are going into cybersecurity or some kind of security field and they're much younger in their career are making much more than the guys who might be in the other you have mobile development um, mm-hmm. you have front end web development back end you know anything yeah. like that so crazy crazy
2: that's <laughs> it's a I lot. Mean, that's it's where a the world is. Yeah. so many yeah. yeah that's that's what's been like driving me crazy and it's almost inhibited me like starting just because you know it's like it uh, seems overwhelming it seems daunting but mm-hmm. You know in the back of my mind i'm like eh, i know i can do it i've, I've figured out a harder things so. totally yeah <laughs> and,
0: and to your point i mean there's plenty of free resources out there mm-hmm. that uh are really good like i know mit has an open uh course like uh a whole course that's free online right
2: that that, that will just get you into the basics of programming yeah right, um yeah. And, and Khan it, academies the big mm-hmm. one yeah. i think mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah actually a lot of uh, ivy league schools um or, or just big tech schools like MIT have released most of their uh, the docu- documents that they provide in their classes. So you could actually, I think, take an a computer an entire computer science degree if you wanted to outside of the school. You're not getting credits for it, so you're not going to end up with a degree. But you get all of the same resources as the guys who are paying thousands and thousands of dollars uh, are getting and learning those things yourselves because in the, in IT, you don't, you don't need a degree. I mean, it's, it's, no, you don't. it's, it's kind of like, uh, in, in art too, right? You don't mm-hmm. need a degree to be an artist. Uh, you do it and yeah. you, you know, you make yourself an artist. Um, same thing yeah. with, with IT, there's so much you can learn now on through people, through connections and books that you just go do it, find what you're interested in, learn it meet some people who can get you into that field and then go from there and yeah there's so
2: much learning on the job too oh yeah yeah and well i mean and that's the strange thing that i've always found like um so i come from a, a skilled trade background um the name of the game when you're starting is apprenticeship you know and then you have your journeyman and then your masters so you know i don't i've never understood why more uh career paths don't have that apprenticeship aspect because hmm. you know from since time in memoriam that you know that was the really the layout you know whether it's you know blacksmithing um yeah uh artists or artistry you know um painters you know they always had apprentices it's um, called interns now and yeah. they don't get paid <laughs> and usually they're just buying coffees
0: for Yeah everybody. yeah I think I think that's uh
1: I think that's probably what you can equate it to in IT I mean the kind of intern that you're talking about is more like if you wanted to it's like the typical assistant. thing you see in a yeah an assistant yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. more like uh, what you see in movies or maybe if you're going out into Hollywood and mm-hmm. you're trying to make it. You know the the guys are going to make you grind there and yeah. not actually do things you want to do. You you are, you are getting the coffee or the dry cleaning <laughs> or whatever. But in in uh in IT, most of a uh, lot. First off, m- most internships I'd say are paid now. Yeah, uh, and they're paid pretty well as well. Uh, Actually, we don't pay any of the shows interns.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, just just wanted to get that out there so we don't receive any flack. Our yeah. twelve interns that we have, With that, we that do you all know, everything. the makeup artist, that and mm-hmm. you know the the green room, green room the guy, uh, who made guy. The drink. yeah, yeah, the bartender, <laughs> they're all unpaid interns. Um, so yeah, yeah oh. exactly. Just a <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> no, but I would. What I was gonna say is if you find a company usually the good companies have like a mentorship like an internal mentorship program where like higher middle to upper management uh will like offer to you know pick a person or two or three people in the company uh i i found that those are the companies worth um worth being a part of you know it's it is i think rare to see that in in
1: companies um but yeah it's it depends um I don't know exactly why this is the, the way it is. Maybe it's just because it's a, such an easy pool of candidates, but a lot of big companies, fin- financial uh, ones that are in, in uh, like Google, Apple, it doesn't really matter what industry, but who are in I- IT, they will uh, advertise to colleges to actually get mm-hmm. college students um, into their internship program. And they will do it as young as their and or sophomore year because yeah. they'll bring them back every year uh, to kind of train them and try to, to get them into their culture so that they can hire them after that. And so I could kind of see that as being a similar uh, mm-hmm. process as a, like an apprenticeship. And then once they're in the company, they're continuing to grow them. That's one of the reasons why companies like Google hire so many people who are new grads or just don't really have that much experience because they can take them and mold them into the kind of uh, developer or mm-hmm. uh, employee that they want them to be.
2: Yeah, yeah. To to a certain extent, I mean, uh, pretty much. I mean, everything is trainable. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know. Once you develop a, a basic skill set, you know, you can, you know, work your way through it. So, right. Um, you know, you might not be the best ever, but you know, everything's trainable. And what I've found um, in like professional life, you know, um, the most important thing is your attitude, you know, like you said, you know, how, how does somebody fit into the, the company culture? And on the flip side, that's like the hardest thing to find is like a, a company where you fit in well at, at the, with the culture. So, True. Yeah. um, yeah, there is that. yeah, for sure.
0: I looked up or I, I think I was looking at, um, Facebook or Meta. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how many employees they had. It's like seventy-one thousand employees. Oh yeah, it's quite a bit. Isn't isn't that like a number that feels?
1: Well, they own a lot inflated. of companies. Though. That's true. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of
0: like Google in that way. Yeah. Where there's a ton but of.
1: I wonder how many actually work on the Facebook website. The Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they have Instagram,
0: right? Exactly. They have so. Oculus. What are some other WhatsApp? Oh yeah, they have WhatsApp. Yeah, um, probably a bunch of other things. There's here. at least two guys working on WhatsApp. <laughs> There's at the least yeah. Uh, <laughs> least so two, right, yeah. where's the other seventy thousand <laughs> uh, working?
1: You probably have tons of content moderators now. Yeah, like, so, tons. Yeah. Because after all the crap that they've gotten over time, it's like yeah, yeah. They, I mean, and I would have bet a lot of those employees would be like offshore employees too. Right? You think?
2: content monitor I I don't know because my thought uh, just right off the bat is, you know, um each culture has their own like uh, uh accepted norms, so yeah. maybe somebody that is in uh let's say like I don't know, uh Austria, <laughs> they yeah. they wouldn't necessarily be, you know flag things that might be like offensive to like Americans. But
0: right.
2: I mean Good point. Yeah, the Facebook uh,
0: Austrian team
1: has got to be a pretty lit, right? (laughs) I want to be a part of that. Probably. Yeah. Party and dance. Yeah. I don't know why (laughs) dance. I
2: don't know. Europeans seem to love love the disco. Yeah. The the disc attack. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's a required outing.
0: Yeah. uh, Every Thursday night.
2: I
1: was kind of disappointed because. I had a, I went to Berlin recently, mm-hmm. and I'd always heard of Berlin as a discotheque kind of place. You know, yeah. everyone stays up super late and goes out through the club. Yeah, we partying. Day. Yeah, yeah, and not that I'm into that kind of thing, but I just thought it would be interesting to see mm-hmm. and experience. And I did not experience that at all. It was kind of just like a normal city. Everyone went to bed.
2: Lame. <laughs> it was quiet at night. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like. Uh, um... Very few places and things actually live up to their, um, you know, reputation. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just people living, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. So that being said, some places do live up to their reputation. And, uh, you know, that's a, a different story altogether. But, you know, I think you can find a little bit of everything everywhere, you know. My mind goes to the movie Hostel. Do you guys remember <laughs> that
0: movie? Yeah. Where they go to the disco. Mm. And they're, like, doing drugs. And then they end up getting...
1: Right back to the little torture chamber, right? Thing, yeah. I yeah. don't know. Was it? It
0: wasn't anything like
1: that, was it? I mean, I. I do have this weird memory in my head. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> but uh, I don't remember. Right. There was like a whole day. I
0: just don't remember. I just watched um, this movie. It's like it's like known or said to be the most like disturbing movie of all time. It's called a Serbian film. Have you guys ever heard of this?
2: Yeah, I've so, heard of that yeah.
0: One it freaking brutal man i don't recommend anybody uh watch
1: that movie but uh was it supposed to be like a uh you know like a a snuff film kind of
0: yeah 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 it's got a bunch of that in it uh but it's not like a snuff film i think it's related i don't know somebody on TikTok was like five most disturbing movies of all time and Mm -hmm. i was really bored and like number one was that one so, right. so you watched it because you wanted to be disturbed. Him. Well, I, I like—I feel like I have a high tolerance to scary movies, and uh, not a lot gets me, you know, going. Uh, that one—that one, that one uh, wasn't scary, but it was pretty disturbing.
2: I will say, there's parts where I felt very uncomfortable watching it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that, that's how I feel with most every, uh, scary movie. Um, sometimes I even have a hard time with thrillers. So, yeah. um, yeah, well, I, I have a naturally anxious disposition, so <laughs> that, uh, that's kind of brutal, but you know, oddly enough, my, uh, I do have a favorite scary movie and it's, uh, it's pretty brutal. I think, uh, it's house of a thousand corpses, Okay. Um, yeah, you know, so. is there a uh, new
0: one and there's an old one? Is that right, or is? is you know, I'm one? not
2: too sure. I only know the the if there is um, one before. I only know the Rob Zombie iterations. You know, um, yeah. Um, but man, okay. that that's that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, that's what. When was that? Uh, when was that?
0: Two thousand three. Oh yeah, I like hmm. how he is all the same. Uh, people in his movies, like he tries to keep it like almost like Christopher Nolan and uh, and the other guy that did uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. um Quentin Tarantino, yeah. Wes Anderson would be a good example. Wes of Anderson, that as well. yeah.
2: I, do you like Wes Anderson movies? He is one of my favorites of all time. Really? Like I, I, I mean, I love a lot of Tarantino's works, um, but. Um. yeah, Wes Anderson's probably my favorite, and yeah, like, he has multiple movies in my top ten, yeah. so... Have you seen his most recent one, The French Dispatch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. pretty good, right? Yeah, oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic, but... like, it's, um, set up as more, like, uh, vignettes, mm-hmm. um, with a couple brief, real brief interludes, like, in between, uh, just kind of setting up the story that connects them all, but, um, yeah it's fantastic. What's your um, favorite Wes Anderson film? Oh Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's one of the few I haven't seen Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, you should definitely check it out, um especially if you love Bill Murray um, mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it, that's a really fun one um you know um yeah that that is really, really good and um Grand Budapest isn't uh too far behind yeah. Either.
0: I love that one. That one's great. I was almost going to watch that a
2: couple of days ago,
0: um, but I settled on something worse. Um, <laughs> did, you, did we just talk yeah, about you it? Got, I mean, yeah. you, you
2: can't give us that lead in and not uh, finish it. What, so what was it?
0: Uh, the Dreamcatcher. It's a Stephen King oh, yeah. Uh, film. Yeah. Was it early yeah, King or uh, late King? I don't know. I think it's like it, it, the movies. I don't know when he wrote it, but like the movie was early two thousands, I think. Yeah, because I
2: know yeah. I know a lot of people that are big fans of Stephen King. Yeah, and they're I mean, like, no, he's once it got past goat, his right? like wild coke
0: phase, like, yeah, kinda, know.
2: everything can chain smoking drip. cigarettes. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, what, what are you gonna say, Mike? I feel like uh, most of the movie adaptations are not good.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: it was it was pretty solid i think the mo- the dreamcatcher
0: no it the movie it oh it. yeah movie, okay but yeah he,
2: he, there's definitely a few that are great yeah. but i've watched so many of them so where many. i just have hated the movie yeah. yeah and i actually i think if i'm not mistaken like stephen king hated the shining which is one of the most like mm. well known really? movie adaptations but yeah. then again there are so few uh, movies that live up to book uh, or you know uh, the book, um, yeah. It's just so hard because books, books, you know, because of the formatting, there's so much more detail mm-hmm. that you can never truly pre- capture and portray. Um, yeah. In a in a movie, I mean, there are very few. So, like, m- my favorite books uh, of all time were The Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, I love the movies, um, but they definitely portray it in a much different way. You know, there's less like character to character connection. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, the movies, they really, you know, highlighted the action sequences, obviously, to keep people captivated. So, you know, it, I mean, there's just little tweaks that have to be made that usually deta- or detract from the source material.
0: I also think when you're reading something, you know, there's a bit of your imagination is creating these characters. Obviously, the words and the descriptive language helps you formulate this like image and voice for this character. And so when you have read the that book, you have this story, these characters in your mind, and you've almost kind of made up what they look like in your mind, what they sound like, you know, who they are. And then when somebody portrays at the screen and maybe somebody else's understanding of those characters that don't really live up to the same expectation of what you've created.
2: Yeah. Well, funny story. Uh, So Sean Connery, the quintessential James Bond, um, you know, the, the original two Ian Fleming, when he first heard that Sean Connery was going to be bond, like was not happy because that wasn't at all who he had imagined, you Uh, know? Um, But then you know, Con- I, th- I believe the story go as the story goes. Connery uh, won Fleming over, so <laughs> that's good. Is is he your favorite Bond? Oh, far and away. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's um, fair. Yeah, <laughs> by far my favorite Bond. Yeah. Craig Craig's pretty close, but I don't think yeah. anybody else really uh, gets it. I don't know. My favorite uh,
0: character that Craig has played is the the detective in *Knives Out*. Have you seen that movie? I have not. Oh, did you oh, like him? I loved yeah. it. Yeah, he has this deep, like, Bible Belt South, like, proper Southern accent. <laughs> i thought that was rocks. crazy
1: when i heard him first yeah. talking that movie. you know like you know
0: like the plantation kind of like yes we're going to uh you know swim in the lake uh yeah. yes um no yeah. i mean it's it was one of the better murder mystery um movies i've seen in a long time it is fantastic in fact i think it was so good and so well received that netflix just bought the rights to do like two more sequels of it just outright just like paid the guys like up front we're like yeah we want we want you guys to do two more (laughs) in fact i say i think the the next one's supposed to come out uh later or earlier next year it's just a completely separate story i think yeah just another so it's not the next No, it's the same same guy. Oh, yeah, Daniel is. Craig reprises his role. Okay. Um, but so. I guess it's his next case or whatever. Maybe it's a case before prelude or whatever. Or hmm. prequel. Um, but uh, Dreamcatcher. Yeah, not so good. <laughs> Should have watched The Grand Budapest Hotel because I love that one. <laughs> I recently saw a making of the fan, uh, Mr. Fantas- or, Fantastic. Fantastic yeah, Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's it. And I thought it was really cool how they... Have you seen, like, the behind the... I haven't seen that. They'll literally... So the way they captured it, traditionally in animation and stop animation, you have this, like, understanding or... um, There's, like, a... There's, like, a common way to do it where you're in a booth or you're in a a, a sound studio and you're in front of this mic with your script and you're basically just giving the... You know, performing the lines in front of this mic. What they did is they basically... um, S- they they filmed or ca- captured the audio in a normal acting situation. So like they, if they're in a house around the dinner table, they would actually sit around a dinner table and have like boom mics and they would act out the scene, all the different voice actors across the table <laughs> and actually do the scene that way. Right. And so that was, uh, I guess Wes's way of capturing an authentic like voice acting, um, experience and even like the the parts where they're on the motorcycle they're actually out in the front yard on a stationary uh motorcycle <laughs> 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 um the parts where they're running around they're actually like running around the front yard and the guy with the boom mics having to like chase, like you oh, know uh, uh, uh move the mic around to capture the yeah so it i didn't expect that it was a really cool it just reminded me of how um how great Wes is and how he goes through these extra lengths uh, to make like these masterpieces. Um, And a lot of people, I know a lot of people who don't like him a lot. They, you know, hit the, the way that he he captures uh, or frames the shots very particular, right? He's like known for these symmetrical, super boxed in (laughs) type of shots. And so I have a good friend who like hates it. He feels like it's trapped it yeah. feels like claustrophobic well and sense. beyond
2: the um visual aspects of it which i i find are striking and i love them but mm-hmm. um i think also you have to have um the ability to uh enjoy dry subtle sense uh you yeah. know i have a dry subtle sense of humor um because a lot of it you know is just lost on people, you know, and those are some of the things that I think are the funniest, you know? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. You know, it can, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah. So you, you just got to find the, be able to find the humor and like, um, you know, just very slight things, almost absurdist, but you know, it's played very, real, real deadpan, real straight. And, uh, yeah, like pretty much the entire, uh, movie life aquatic bill murray is just like yeah he's it's it's absurd to watch but like he just does such a good job at that deadpan delivery that you're like you kind of think like uh yeah i can i can really see this character you know it's just
0: um he's an artist where if you watch his or if you had like a, a a row of 10 movies you could de- you definitely know which one is the Wes Anderson film if you didn't know it. <laughs> like he has a, such a, a unique, particular style that you can it, even if it was like something you've never seen before, like that's Wes Anderson or yeah. somebody trying to emulate Wes Anderson.
2: And the miniatures, the symmetrical shots, yep. you know. And I mean, I don't know the the plot lines as well. You know, um, it's usually about like a family falling apart or mm-hmm. something like that. Somebody going through some sort of crisis um in their lives and and also the interconnectivity of people in their lives and just you know stuff like that so yeah wes has a lot of distinctive
0: uh who's another who's another artist in the industry that you think has captured that particular style where you're like if you saw it you're like that's a a blank
2: is there anybody that comes to mind i mean tarantino Tarantino, those, those. Coen Brothers as well. Coen Brothers, okay. Um all the, I mean a little bit of the Coen Brothers. I I I guess I've just known or followed them for a long time, so uh but Tarantino um and even though it's only like a couple movies, I'd say Gus Van Sant, um who directed Good Will Hunting and mm. Finding Forrester, which are like two of my all-time favorites as well, so. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and you just get that distinctive feel for them, mm-hmm. um, you know. But, yeah, yeah, there's there's a few directors, um, but then there's other ones that are supremely talented that you can't really pick out, like uh, Joss Whedon, for, mm. for instance, you know. Um, try connecting Buffy the Vampire Slayer to Firefly to Avengers, or, you know, the Avengers, so. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, yeah, there, there's some directors that really stick to that style and some don't, but I would say the two primary are probably, uh, Tarantino and Wes Anderson. Yeah. I, another one that comes to mind is Michael
0: Bay. You just kind of know, <laughs> like, I'm not a big Michael Bay fan and I think his work is kind of varied whether or not like it's good or you know or it was received well mm-hmm. but there's like those lens flares sure. and the lighting and
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. hyper realism and the sound effects i like michael bay but you kind of the thing about his movies is to some degree you have to like check your intelligence <laughs> door, like <laughs> yeah, and yeah, just yeah. go with the flow like get lost yeah. in it like transformers like you're the third one you're not, like it's not a fuck? it's not a poetic uh you know movie it's mm-hmm. not like super intellectual but Fuck, it's fun, you know? Yeah.
0: I was kind of surprised when he took that on. It, it seemed, it was like, I wanted to be in that pitch meeting where they brought it to him. They are like, yeah, we're going to take this toy franchise and make it for the big screen. <laughs> and he's like, I'm oh, in. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. That's you know? been
2: going on for a while. Like, uh, you know, I'm a 90s baby, so like teenage, the- nin- uh, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the yeah. live action movies, yeah. so... I mean, there's could, been like. Could you uh, see
0: Michael Bay doing those movies?
2: Teenage Mutant yeah, Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why. Yeah. Did he direct the new the reboots? I have no idea. Who, did he? who directed huh? those? Uh,
0: are those they are those actual like live action? Are they? Um... Oh yeah, they are live action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's the one from the '90s,
2: them. and then the new one, the city. You know, I I didn't like the new ones. I was too always much. surprised at how
0: how well they were able to get those suits like to interact and talk and oh, yeah. like, like it w it seemed a little ahead of its time now. Well yeah,
2: and especially because it was pre like CGI, mm-hmm. you know, it was really good puppetry yeah, um, it was. that that went into that. Um I'm trying to think of some other good movies with good puppets.
0: I think it was so yeah, labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. Like all the Jim Henson stuff is always like really mm-hmm. good too. Mm-hmm. If you think about uh, that, um, yeah, just all around really solid stuff. Bear in the Big Blue House, of course, can't go around with that. Um, <laughs>
2: Sesame Street. Yeah, Sesame
0: Street. Like, come on, we're gonna uh, Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> <laughs> what did uh, you find, Miles?
1: Uh, yeah, he did not direct them. Uh, it was actually the, la- the last two, which were 2014 and 2016, two different guys. Dave Green was uh, 2016, and then Jonathan Leibsman mm was 2014. I always saw those as kind of like money grabs a little bit.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, a, a lot of it. Um, it's how I see like the Sonic movies now. Yeah, um, Harry Potter, you know, with all those... Like, the new ones? Yeah, the new ones. Oh, I, yeah. well, actually... I well, I, I'm, I'm too biased, uh, so because I love those movies, okay. I, I just that's one of the um, like things in my life, like the Harry Potter books. I used to go, it's nostalgic, every, yeah, it's very nostalgic, and I wanted it to continue, so I like mm-hmm. wholeheartedly accepted uh, the Fantastic Beast, uh, um you know um storyline it didn't feel as money grabby as a lot of things like those ninja turtles or you know um yeah or like insidious seven or you know yeah there's you know um
0: um, what's the other one uh the doll yeah Yeah, annabelle uh, annabelle four she's back and she's gonna kill you like okay um what was the other one? The Purge has, like, oh, nine... Purge, or Fast and Furious. Fast, yeah. Oh, Fast and Fast Furious. and Furious. They're you on, like, what? the 11th one but now. People love it. Yeah, they, some they people love them. make tons of money.
2: I, I checked out after the third, but one of, like... One of my all-time favorite movies that I love to hate is Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So bad it's good. Yeah. So bad it's good. Like, it really is. Yeah. Uh, you never saw
0: that guy that played the lead? It, the, he like did that one. And they were like, "You're out." Hmm. Like that. That was not good. Like <laughs> this, we're not inviting you. I think she, they actually he did, did they come did back more recently. Yeah, I think um, they brought him
2: back for a, a moment, but. Yeah, I mean, Bow Wow was in it. I, <laughs> like, it it's just like yeah. complete money grabs. Like they they weren't going for talent or story there. They were just going yeah. for you know race action, cars. race cars, yeah. drifting, yeah, Tokyo pyong, drift, pyong. yeah, Japanese mob, yakuza, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somehow fits into this, <laughs> you know. It has to. It has to. And somehow, uh, grown adults fucking high schoolers isn't weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of that stuff that you
0: you you look at now
2: and you're like couldn't do that today yeah well i mean uh it was weirder for me that it was like contemporary mm. i mean looking back you know that wasn't as bad of a social uh faux pas as it or not mm. i mean it's fucked up not even a faux pas but you know like 70s you know you'd have songs about uh that you know there's the uh, shit, even dazed and confused, which is portraying that era. You know, Matthew McConaughey. You know, yeah, man, I love high school chicks. I yeah. get older, they stay the same age. Like, yeah. that wouldn't fly today anymore, nor should it. But the fact that <laughs> that was still a part of that plot line just stands out to me. I'm like, eh.
0: I feel like if you're doing a period piece, though, if like if a movie t- today that came out that was based in the '70s, like it took place in the '70s. Like, would, could we, could we look, could we still include dialogue like that and just accept it that that was, that's what happened in the seventies, right? I mean, I, otherwise we're just like,
2: Um, it's like a
0: Orwellian self censorship type of situation where you're like, oh, people won't like that today, but it's like, well, yeah, that's what, but that's what, how it was back
2: then. Um, what's that new, uh, Jane Austen adaptation that they just made, um, Hmm. i don't know just just made me watch it it's not really my thing but uh bridgerton as well you know these are oh yeah period pieces but they're just putting in so many anachronisms like yeah i don't really want to get into race or anything but you know they're at the time you know um there's no you know people of color in the aristocracy like few and far between maybe and in you know England it would be more indian you right. know yeah, sure. type stuff so you know and yeah i mean they can't even do that without doing like a fourth wall break or you know mm-hmm. and that that movie was infuriating but no i mean we there's especially right now we're really trying to push our morality onto people in the past who did not share that same morality because you know I think in life in general but like as a society we're the sumnation of our experience so you take away a lot of that experience you mm-hmm. know and then you are back in time to where you know things were as they were you know um and that's I mean that I feel like is the point of a period piece you know yeah. you're really trying to transport yourself back into the, into that time it's like fucking John Wayne but like for another example, this has been happening for a long time, but John Wayne playing like Genghis Khan. Yeah. You know, that's absurd. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> Well
0: James Franco
2: is back in the
0: in the news now. Have you seen this? What did he do no? this time? He's um so uh they're develop I can't remember what studio it is. I think it might be Warner Brothers, uh or somebody else is developing a Fidel Castro story or <laughs> something around that whole situation yeah, and they've casted him as Fidel Castro. And so I think there's the, there's a gentleman who's pretty famous. He's a Latino guy. Uh, and he like called, I guess, whoever the casting director, or whoever out for casting uh, him as Fidel. Uh, Cause he's not Latino. And then a bunch of people were like, well, Fidel's not, latino who's actually like half white he wasn't even yeah. cuban when huh. he came in to take over the government and this is whole thing and you know and it, it, it it's it's all happening in real time so like we're all kind of self-aware of like what's happening and mm-hmm. like there's obviously a few different opinions about it but it's it's interesting to see and also james franco who's like i thought was "Quote unquote canceled." Yeah. If yeah. you can, if you if you may, like where he did all that creepy stuff with like teenagers. I right. I actually don't know much about it. I just kind of yeah. heard there's some legitis the legitis. legitis I can't even. I can't talk. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, I, I thought yeah. that was interesting because it to bring up your point about uh John Wayne playing Genghis Khan. It's like, um obviously that seems wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can retrospectively look at that and be like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. It's also kind of weird that that was like, people were like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but but at the same time, um, when we look back at things that were made, like I, I treasure and find movies that really capture the authenticity mm-hmm. of the time, like time pieces. Like um, I recently watched The Color of Purple uh, which is like a fan, it's a fantastic Steven Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. It deals with like um, the 1920s and um, uh, being like black in the South and like a domestic abuse and family members being torn apart. It's this really tragic, fantastic story, but it was done in such a way that it felt so authentic. It felt like you were transported back to that time. And I feel like some of that movie magic is starting to get lost when you kind of overproduce it. Or, um, I don't want to say like wokeism gets in the way, but it kind of is that a little bit, but you know,
2: wokeism gets in the way of a lot of things like calling out cultural appropriation. Like again, we're the sum nation of our experience. So like we take good things, we leave the bad things, you know, we're all an amalgamation of like every culture. So you have that, but, uh, you were saying something.
1: Else, yeah, no, I was going to say, I mean, you could almost consider it sometimes depending on what they're doing. R- even if the movie is not historical, but kind of rewriting history, right? Like mm-hmm. portraying a specific time, but doing it, uh, without slavery in it right if it was if it was the time during when they actually had slavery or like you were saying with the racial racial inaccuracies uh it's still giving off to people who don't know much about that time younger people like
2: oh it was like this back then right and it really wasn't which in and of itself is almost racist because you know given our current culture you know it's a, a melting pot as it were you know um especially now like you know there's a lot more mixing of cultures and right. um all of this you know the internet really has made the world smaller but also larger at the same time but um you know so it it it's almost racist in that you know you don't get that stark realization like where the fuck are all the black people like and if you grow up seeing images like that like the Bridgerton, you're like. Well, you know, you know you might have a skewed version or you know something because I mean at the time of these pieces, you know they the English were racist as hell. You know they're they're colonists. They're, they're still, still kind of racist. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> like the royal family, it doesn't have a you, good track record. Yeah. Well, supposedly, allegedly, a stand-up uh, special that recently came out uh Ronnie Chang. Are you familiar with him? I don't know if I know him. Um, I think he's Malaysian. Uh okay. he's moved over here for um to pursue a, a stand up comedy career, but like the opening line of his new special is like, everybody's racist. Mm-hmm. You know. We all have our preconceived notions, you know, it's the extent to which you buy into these stereotypes and everything that are important, I think, you know, as long as you drop the bullshit, you know you, you can suspend your beliefs and take people as they are. That's, I think that's the key to it all. You know, mm-hmm. um, you got to take everybody as they are, you know, uh, just like you got to take life on life's terms. You got to take people, um, as they are and make your judgments, you know, mm-hmm. based on them. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: I'd like to see still people try to pursue authenticity of, you know, yeah. if you're making a movie, I feel like maybe the answer is just like a disclaimer at the front of the movie being like, yeah. listen, this is obviously a historical take. You know, um, it deals with situations and things that were previously acceptable that now currently are, but we're in the interest of telling the story as it happened,
2: you know, we have taken yeah.
0: liberties that may be unsettling or disturbing to some people. Give,
2: give context. I am yeah. all for that. Like... Um, I mean, I'm generally not a huge fan of trigger warnings or anything <laughs> like that. Right. Um, but in this day and age, I think they're especially necessary. Like, Hey, this is what you're getting into. Right. You know, um, you know, cause life back then life today, it's messy and everything was not, is not perfect. You know, uh, All of our histories: one step forward, two steps back. You know, so Mm -hmm. I I just wish we had more of that outlook than like uh, we need to make up for every historical wrong. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, how far back do you want to go? Because every group of people is fucked over every other group of people. Yeah, if you go back far enough, you know, right.
0: the epitome of history is just people getting fucked over. Yeah. 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 Trading, trading off. Oh god. Well, and
2: what people don't realize nowadays is like how brutal people were like back in the day. Um I was talking before we started, I was talking to Miles about uh my my personal favorite podcast besides this one obviously. Yeah. Right. Thank Um, you. Thank you. Um it's called Hardcore History. Uh Uh-huh. Uh with Dan Carlin and They go through like accounts of stuff you can't even believe, you know, like medieval torture and, you know, stuff that, uh, you know, Genghis Khan did. Like, uh, you know, they defeat enemies, I think it was in Russia, and then they just put bodies down, put a platform down, put more bodies down, put a platform on. And then dined on, like, a bunch of groaning, suffocating men, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, you know, and rape and pillage were the norm and not the exception, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think we don't understand how, like, good we have it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people yeah. can't exactly comprehend, like, there is just a thin veneer of civilization, you know, that separates us from... Them that separates us from, you know, um, lower life forms, you know, the animal world. You know.
0: This morning I went climbing. Then I went to uh, a, a a store called Vibe Foods and got an acai bowl. And then I strolled right over to the Trader Joe's, picked up some fresh squeezed orange juice and an orange. Then I went to return something at Kohl's. And not at any point during that process was I worried about raping or pillaging. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, to that point, uh, we you got it pretty good. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where
2: It's all about perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you, I mean, yeah. And, but then again, I think that might be a, a an easily more easily accepted idea now. like, just extend uh, the COVID toilet paper situation a few more mm. weeks, you know, things get a little bit progressively worse, you know, all, yeah. all bets are off. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, shit, shit can get real wild real quick. You got people uh, fighting over
1: turkeys yeah. in the grocery yeah. store when it's Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Black Friday. Yeah. Black Friday, you yeah. Know, yeah. Or like, over it's a TV. Easy,
2: too hard for us to revert back to these things, but somehow we've forgotten that those are like, parts of our nature that we have to fight against still, you know?
0: I feel like Black Friday had a couple of years where it was, was kind of a touch and go where you're, and then, and then I think it became, it got so bad where people were kind of then self-aware of the whole situation. we are like, can we not, yeah. can we not fight over a 32 inch flat screen tv like it
1: is it really worth it i think the internet did a good
0: thing for black friday yeah I yeah think yeah, yeah i think yeah. right
2: yeah. when like amazon and uh internet like the cyber mondays stuff yeah. started coming out i think was the beginning of the end of the more crazy black fridays yeah yep.
0: south park has a fantastic <laughs> bit on black friday it's amazing <laughs> it's one of the best pieces of South Park out there.
2: Yeah. You know what's crazy? Like in this day and age, like I I cannot think of a better example of like social commentary, accurate social commentary than South Park. Yes, like, totally. Um, you know, even even going back to like the early days. I mean, the first season a little bit less. You know. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it's really developed into what it is now, but you know, I think it's like the third season, fourth season, like it's a episode called Chef Goes Nanners and you know, mm-hmm. it's all about the South Park flag and, you know, racism and all this and like the kids don't understand that, uh, you know, this flag is racist and we need to teach them and all this. And then, right. you know, everything gets blown out of proportion and you know, I, I mean, it's, there's so many examples of that, you know, um, throughout like, yeah, it's, I, I I love that show. I yeah, know, it's great. Know, Trey I think Parker is and Matt Smith or Matt Stone are the best.
0: It, they get away with it so easily. I used to think it was just because it was a cartoon, but then I was thinking more deeply about it, and I was like, they don't like they have funny takes on things, but they don't. They're not like generating situations. They're just like observing what's happening uh, around you know United States specifically in its current form, and then just adding that into the plot line somehow and it's like we didn't come up with this shit you guys did this (laughs) we're just riffing off of it like and like making fun of it or poking holes in it or doing this and that and so i think that's why they get away with all the crazy i mean they're they're, just
2: they're they're just like uh almost like a reflection of Current society, like our society, totally. Yet. It's and like to a mirror, time, yeah. Like, oh god, one of the best ones was like the uh, the backs episode where they're getting immigration for um, the whole town and you know, mm. or, or from the future, they're having immigrants come from the future, mm. and, <laughs> you know, all this crazy stuff. And they start calling them goo backs and like they mm. took her, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And they, but then they get they get away with that sort of stuff like, because then they make it so absurdist. So yeah, the solution for getting rid of the goobacks is all the guys turn gay and <laughs> do a big gay pile, and you know yeah yeah you know and then you know everything goes south. The plan doesn't work. Back to the pile, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And it's just ridiculous, but like still the point was made that I think everybody understands, even if they don't realize that they, you know, what had just happened, what they like gleaned from the commentary, they still got it and like digest it. And slowly, you know, they, you know, see it as that.
0: Yeah. They, and I think even it was like last season or the season before that, they, before and after every show, they would have can hashtag cancel South park. (laughs) She's making fun of the cancel movement. Mm -hmm. They're like, cancel us. We don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And then two years later, Paramount Plus offers them $900 million to do like six
2: movies or whatever it is. So you you guys are 90. I was just thinking about this. You guys uh, grew up in the 90s as well. Yeah. Remember when it was like the religious right that was like the moral authority that we're trying to do things like cancel people, like right. rap music, mm-hmm. uh, Tipper yeah. Gore, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it
0: was also like even going back to Reagan. Yeah. Oh, like the yeah. whole drug the whole drug war whole was drug. started the war on drugs. Yeah. So and, and that was and Reagan
2: was like deified too, and mm-hmm. it was and it's it was almost in a way that. Obama is now, like semi-deified, you know, they're not thought of as gods, but they are these people put up on pedestals, and it's like, yeah, well, they were supremely flawed, and, you know, what's morally acceptable now might not be morally acceptable today, or tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you know, and people lose sight of that so often, but I think it's just so strange that we gotta see that polar switch from... Um, you know, conservatism being the the moral morally the 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 group that's or, arguing arguing morals versus like now it's the left and the woke, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, it's um, just another religion. I mean, oh, that's yeah. all like quote unquote wokeism is is just people finding a different religion or spirituality, right? They yeah. they have their set of rules just like Christians do. They have you know, um, meetings and <laughs> gatherings, just right. like Christian, like it, there's, it's just, it's, it's not, I don't know if it's intentionally structured, like organized religion is, but it just so happened to unfold I think it, that way. What
2: really is happening is that it's filled the gaps. Uh, I bet you could see like, um, chart out like where, um, you know, the, religion is on the decline, but like these quote unquote woke ideals are Mm -hmm. on the um, increase. And, you know, I think there's something that naturally, um, you know, we uh, tend towards like with religions and all that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. with that missing, we got to have something else. But the problem, well, religion had obviously had so many issues throughout time, but the problem with, the stuff that's going on now today like a people don't recognize that it's a religion mm-hmm. um a pseudo religion and there is no actual text or anything for anybody to agree on so it's just what's trending now you know yeah it's uh, these ideas and you know um somebody who's you know the leader in the movement right now they might say something like one thing out of at a step and they you know the group jumps on them, but, and it's, there's just so many land. That's, that's where my, my big problem is. Well, A, I want to, I will always just say whatever the fuck I want. I'm a, I'm a huge contrarian. Um, either way, like I'll insult your religion or else insult your beliefs just to do that Not in a dick way, but you know, just mm-hmm. be contrarian. And, um, you know, it's, yeah it's just it's wild it's it's just wild what's happening yeah i
0: think i think you saw it happen like the 70s with like new age Mm -hmm. that like in itself is kind of religious right or spiritual and then now you're seeing it like kind of a similar thing emerge again today when you have a group of people who aren't happy with the current establishment of Mm -hmm. whatever that means you know the government Mm -hmm. religion uh, capitalism economy w- global issues and they kind of come pe- they form communities and come together I mean it's no different than
2: what what you could call like legacy religion right well inter- interestingly enough um, you know I think there's a big parallel between the last like major revolution in technology that completely transformed the world today it's the internet back in the day it was the printing press mm-hmm. and where that ties together, um, when the Bible uh, was printed into a vernacular uh, a vernacular language, a, a commonly spoken tongue, because nobody fucking, even in the 1500s spoke fucking Latin, yeah. very few people did. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and what Martin Luther did uh, was he translated the Bible into German, a, a language somebody actually, people actually spoke, mm-hmm. and that birthed the Protestant Reformation. Which is where, you know, uh Catholics and non Catholics and everything, you know, they, they went to war and then you had even like crazy subgroups like called the Anabaptists and subgroups of them. The Luther got, is Luther religion or well Lutheranism. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where you get like uh I mean any pretty much I mean, besides like the well it started it opened the door for uh the schism between um Church of England, I, I can't remember when the, the Episcopal Church started, but yeah, Lutheranism, um, Seventh-day Adventists, you know, this is where everything kind of fractured. It was a, a, a real schism, you know, and mm-hmm. that was as a result of technology, you know, a revolutionary technology that really changes the face of the, the world. And we see that again with um, the Internet. And I, fi- I think it, uh, it's really interesting that... Um, a similar thing is happening. Like it makes me think like not too much has changed up here, you know, like, Oh yeah. As much as we want to think we're evolved. Um, No, Not much has changed and we still have those same tendencies. Yeah. We're still,
0: we're we're still being born hardwired in a very similar way. You know, our, our kind of, um, nurture aspect
2: of our Mm -hmm. upbringing obviously has changed.
0: How old is the Germanic language? Can we look that up? Um, I'm just general. Germanic
2: interested. languages, I mean, date back to, I mean, Gaul, or you know, um, like Roman times. Uh, you know, that's that's who was invading, um, you know, Rome, like mm-hmm. the the Goths, Visigoths that actually ended up destroying the Roman Empire. These were G- Germanic tribes, and they spoke Germanic languages. Yeah,
1: and, uh, middle of the first millennium BC. Wow,
2: yeah <laughs> that, that,
1: that's what uh, I, I work for a German company, so I have a lot of German coworkers and mm-hmm. uh, one time we were they were talking to me about something, how there's so many dialects in germany that they can go to some area of the country and not even understand someone even yeah. though they're they're speaking the same language and hmm. i thought oh yeah we don't really have that in the u.s i mean you have that a little bit like in in uh, parts of the uk or ireland versus in the u.s and australia we have some different uh, in, even in canada different words some people have very strong accents hmm. and he goes yeah well uh I mean in the US you guys are hundreds of years old versus the, yes. the German language is thousands you know of yeah, years and, old so it's had so much more time to to change. Yeah
2: and we I think we really forget like especially in this country like the time frame like how young we are how relatively new we are on the scene you know. Yeah mm-hmm. Uh, a couple hundred years is like the low mark for a lot of the great empires of all time. And like, we're, you know...
1: We're already having yeah. cracks in our yeah Yeah, yeah, we...
2: Well, and that's that's another thing, like, with our society, like, the thin veneer, you know. You see what... Ha- so, for a long time, Americans had, like, a common mythology, a common, you know, heritage, something that we could base our patriotism on. Yeah. And now we're so fractured and divided we have nothing that really unites us into the united states or yeah. even within every state like unites us together there's no neighborly uh good there's not an attitude of neighborly goodwill you know because you see mm-hmm. everybody else is the other and
0: yeah you know what's going to fix it all i have a solution <laughs> i think we can get there all right, you Please like, don't
1: say anything about Putin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, Putin, okay. you know, he, he'll, uh, Putin's on his way out, okay? No. Um, so, yeah, you have, like, right, you have, like, Taiwan situation happening, escalated tensions between the United States and China, and all then right. you have, like, Russia and, and the Ukraine war, like, all coming into effect. You have all these different things, like, happening, and it feels like we've never been closer to world war three than we have right. than we are right now so what we need is something that can bring the entire human race together to in a collective um a collective means and i think we can get there if the united states government admits that there's aliens out there right right that, because I would
2: absolutely do it
0: cuz like we like so it happened during 911 right like it, the tragedy the, the you know the plane hit the towers and we were all kind of like yeah we need to rile up and and defeat the, this enemy and you know blah 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 we don't have we don't have i mean we have china and like people are making them out to be you know this uh, bad thing. And you know, obviously the government's corrupt, every government's corrupt. And, and the people that they're governing, obviously just want to like, wake up, go to their job, feed their families, go to bed and wake up and do the same exact thing. Right. Nobody fucking cares if you're Chinese or Russian or whatever. But if we had aliens, if we had the imminent imminent threat of something unhuman that wanted to potentially end the human race, then we could all rally together as a collective species come together, have this common sense of like brotherhood or sisterhood or whatever, and find the common ground that way. Right. Do you think that the people who are extremely religious would go for this? I think if there was definitive proof that there was alien technology or aliens in general, I think, Obviously, there's going to be those people who are batshit crazy or like, that's not real. That's just the government. There's always going to be somebody doubting the government, right? Because we, ha- we have so many reasons to doubt the government, right? They've, they've lied to us in the past. They've been nefarious. Yeah. But if we had something that was foolproof, something that was so evident that there truly was alien species out there and they had better technology and could squash us at any moment, I think we could all come together and recognize That we are all the same. We're just humans.
2: Yeah. Right. It's it's funny how existential crisis will really bring uh, people together. Yeah. I mean, for instance, um, last time there was a world war. um, You know, there was a common foe um, in the fascists and Japanese versus uh, you know uh, the Allied powers. Well, the Allied powers immediately after the war they became enemies i mean that's where you get the soviet union the cold mm-hmm. war from right. but prior to the cold war we were allies against the germans you know the nazi germans mm-hmm. and you know so but that was because there was an existential crisis um in in the works um well and that's what scares me about the proposition of world war three because um I'm not sure people will be wise enough not to use the nukes, and mm-hmm. once that those shits start flying, you know. I think we were all over. scared
0: about Putin, but I, I'm more recently RG. he was like, "No, we're not. I'm not even like nukes aren't even on the table." Well, like I think he, they was, there was there some kind of recent converse or press conference around yeah. him saying yeah. something akin to that.
1: But didn't they say that if uh, Sweden and Finland join NATO, that they're going to line their northern border with nuclear uh, power? Mm-hmm. I mean, that they,
2: might have been. Uh, I know a lot of the crazy shit that's been said. You know, from the Russian side is that Sergey Lavrov. Um, he he's popped out, spouted off some wild shit. I think putin has kind of toned down his rhetoric hmm. we'll have to see i'm 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 very skepti- skeptical skeptical um, well
0: i think he's going to use them as he should which is as a deterrent mm-hmm. like and not actually use them like that's the only reason why we should have nukes pro-nuclear you know anti-nuclear as it is is to have some sort of deterrent. I mean, it's worked so far,
1: right? If there's someone who's crazier than you who will use them, you need to have more of them than they have right, right yeah. mutually assured destruction <laughs> yes exactly it's funny how
2: we're back to mutually assured aliens we need to bring Matthew broderick back for board too <laughs> yeah exactly like that that's yeah. a sequel a reboot I could get behind I
0: think they are I think they are doing oh it God. but he's not I don't know if he's a part of it but oh, I think they are okay, gonna do it. yeah <laughs> but 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 that's the point the point of the whole alien thing is like then we can all just have that game perspective of like, why are we fighting over borders? Why are we fighting over countries when there's this whole other thing that's like constantly surveilling us and could end us
2: yeah. at any moment? Well, I mean, I think, you know, maybe, uh, well, I mean, this is sci-fi, so not... No, but I mean that's basically the plot of like Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, the there Klingons. was nuclear war. There was you know huge strife, and then um, you know the the we almost blew ourselves back to the Stone Age, but uh, not quite. And then when we developed or warp technologies, and then we were contacted by the Vulcans. You know, mm-hmm. that's when you know the utopian. Uh, you know federation came into play and it, right. it's, it's the same idea like once we see each other more as com- more common than alike or more alike than different yeah uh see the commonalities between ourselves because like you were saying earlier like the average person in china just wants to you know wake up go to work take care of their family same thing here same thing in russia same thing everywhere yep it's our governments and the people in power that are really, you know, doing doing the fuckery because we don't really have like personal beefs with anybody. Uh, exactly, like but that. they they want you to.
0: They want to rally you up and be like, "No, the Chinese are bad, and the Russians are bad," and you're like, "Well, actually, they're just like us." It's the, the, it's the guys that are in charge that are also, you know, fueling the propaganda machine on their side that are actually the people who mm-hmm. we need to be afraid of or. But as soon as it, get, it gets close to where, like, China's like, you know, we're about to hit that button, the United States just needs to pull out the alien card and be like, hold up, hold up, before you do that, <laughs> aliens, though. They a already kind of did no. that during COVID. They did that a little bit during COVID. <laughs> yeah, they, they, need to,
2: they need to, if they're going to do that, they need to, like, yeah. go all out, release all the information. Yeah. And, you know, I will say, though, the one thing I think um, – you know, it, it's very, very apparent that um, Russia, the the one differentiating factor in all of this are our, our government's corrupt as fuck. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, but at least we act like we're like good actors on the scene, um, you know, with China, you know, all the the theft of intellectual property, yeah. all of that, um, you know, and then just. I mean, you know, shit like what they do with the Uyghur Muslims and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Putin with what he's doing in Ukraine. You know, there's no veneer of like them being trying, even attempting to be good actors on the stage, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas at least we uh, we do that. But I don't know. I I, I fucking hate our government, too. So um, (laughs) maybe we could all just, you know. It's weird. There's, there's always going to be these hierarchies, right? Like no matter what, you know, cause every, every, all things are not created equal. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that, that would be the one thing I think, I think you're right. Like one thing that would bring us all together and like, yeah. you know, make us like, Hey, f- fuck you, Biden. Fuck you, Xi, Fuck you, Putin. You yeah. know, we're not listening to you anymore. We're not buying into your bullshit propaganda. We're going to, we're gonna unite with these guys over here because they're, you know, we're the same. Like, yeah. you know, we need we need to get that bigger perspective in a bad way.
0: And then you get then you get the uh, the weirdo alien people that are like the aliens are just here to help us. They love us. <laughs> and then there's a whole another religion that's created. It's like the the alien. Um, uh, open your anus. To yeah, the yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> open open your arms uh, wide for the aliens. Have you seen the movie Nope yet? No, I really want to. Yeah, though. it's it's like it's it's based on like UFOs and
1: oh, okay. yeah, really? stuff. Yeah, I uh,
2: you it wouldn't looks get that. so strange. I'm not, I'm not I like, would, spoiling it for you. Waving you... arm inflatable tube men. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, Wait, yeah, what the yeah. fuck is this movie even yeah. gonna be about? But yeah, aliens make sense.
0: Yes, yes, and I think um, I think the movie covers that the whole idea of aliens pretty well and how I'd expect aliens to to be um i won't give much more away you should go see it i think it's not like the greatest uh jordan film jordan is it pele or peel uh, yeah Yeah, jordan peel um it's not his best work but it's it was entertaining enough you know i I think his first his first film get out was probably my favorite us is really good too it's kind of uh, has a nice twist ending but this one um, it feels a little different than the others in, yeah. in the way that it, the subject matter is completely different. But um, yeah, I just I, I just think that's it's it's like it's that it's that perspective going back to that, you know, that, hey, we're all we're so small, <laughs> all of our. All of our like problems that governments have created that we have to carry on the backs, our backs or sh- our shoulders don't
1: matter anymore because there's something much bigger than us that matters. Um, Could that go for? Like any situation For instance If I have beef With my neighbor Because Mm -hmm. he he keeps Letting his trees Grow into my yard And I yell at him Every day Stop letting your Fucking trees grow In my yard Am I suddenly Going to be like Dude there's aliens Yes I love your trees No no no. No. You
0: just You won't give a shit Anymore Because what happens If you guys are Having that beef And then all of a sudden the neighbor on the other side of you just gets zapped out of nowhere, and now his his, his house is like completely leveled because the aliens just zapped him. Do you think you and your neighbor are gonna beef over uh, tree limbs anymore? No, you're gonna be like, "Fuck these aliens! What are we gonna do about? We're having a meeting right now. Yeah, but you
1: and I are now allies against these aliens. Probably what's gonna happen is I'm like, take him next. So I'm gonna <laughs> tie him up. Maybe at the point we're at right
2: now, yeah. you know, shit's, shit's pretty wild right now, but. <laughs> You know, um, also, I mean, alternatively, like getting, gleaning that universal perspective, like if we all just stop, like, maybe if we all just had a time, like, and just think about it, like, we are all literally stardust. Like every atom in our body was born in the heart of a dying star. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many bigger things than our petty bullshit going on. Like, how can we come together, you know? And, you know, it's less. I mean, the aliens would do it more simply, but we, you know, there, there is potential to do it without. But we have to be very fucking careful uh, about how we go about it, because one slip up, you know, the nukes are flying. You know, yeah, who knows how that ends? Like, mm-hmm. is that the end of the human race? Like, you know, like that sort of thing. Um,
0: yeah, there was this. There was this TV show. I think it was HBO that did it. I can't remember the name of it, but the premise of it takes place it's like it's like shows you uh a period of time and then it jumps forward like five years or something but in the beginning of the show trump it was because it took place during his presidency (laughs) launches a nuke and like hits an island off uh, right off uh off the shore of china and just completely levels that whole like island Mm -hmm. um and then it's like a story of like just a normal american life but of having to, like, reconcile with, like, the fact that that happened. It, it's it's really interesting. I don't think it goes into, like, the consequences of that, but I guess one of the family members was on the island, and now she has, like, radiation poisoning. It's really fucking weird, but it reminds me of that. And, like, China never retaliated. It was weird. Like,
2: yeah, that would, uh, God, you know, that would be something special. Like, I I don't know. We need some sort of, like wisdom in our leadership, like mm. that in a, in a very bad way, you know, um, you know, somebody that's willing to be that martyr. Cause it usually those, those wise, uh, leaders that unite us don't usually last too long for various reasons, you know, uh, JFK, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, oh, yeah. Malcolm, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the real unifiers, um, you know, they, they're usually short-lived but they have a massive impact, you know, mm-hmm. in stabilizing the world enough for us to So we just know, need one of those stave now. off disaster. I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it is. I don't see anybody like that right now, but mm-hmm. you never know how these people would I mean, it's through adversity, you know, the best uh, uh the worst aspects of us come out, but some of the noble, more noble aspects of us come out, so I think it's gonna take a a little bit more adversity, but we might actually find somebody like that that can do it or not, and we're fucked. <laughs> Kanye West. Oh God! Wow, I think you just solved it. We
1: don't even need the aliens anymore. <laughs> yeah, he is the alien. He's a then, bear, then right? at least we can be like
2: uh, you know we can all just be like God damn it, Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> wait. What did he say? it is wild it, it
0: was so it was so easy to find that person back in the day because you could hide so much more back then right like Martin i feel Luther
2: like king was uh you know cheated on his wife all the time yeah you know jfk as well right, right? exactly and He was deathly ill you know yeah. there wasn't you know you could put up that facade mm-hmm. a little bit easier
0: you we now have the ability to dig up so much dirt so quickly on just about anybody if you really wanted to. And so a much more of our lives are more public nowadays than they were back in the day. So yeah, I just, I don't know who that, who that person could be. Tom Hanks, maybe, you know, (sighs) Yeah, he's got, maybe he did
1: some shady maybe shit back it. in the day. Yeah. He did get pretty angry recently at some people. Oh, he yeah. Well, that was deserved. I he, saw that. He said the F word. Yeah. So I, I don't you know, know if he's our guy anymore. That's true. Wait, which F word now? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. fuck or fag? Let's <laughs> yeah. just be honest.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> it was both. It was both. He's <laughs> <laughs> really gotten off the rails.
2: I uh, Tom, if you're listening, we're here for you, bud. It might have
1: been COVID that did it to him, you know? No, know.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, COVID did a lot of things to a lot of people. Or alternatively, maybe we could just realize that we're all human, like, you know, he yeah. who is without sin cast the first stone. Maybe we yeah. just need somebody that will fucking own nobody, it. Nobody will can fully grasp that concept, though. Accept it, right? <sighs> well, maybe we just need, like, a dirty uh, drug addict in recovery to do it, because I've seen... Uh, going back to, like, the start, like, I've seen some fucking people, like, own up to some real horrendous shit, and, like, own it, own it, like, Mm. uh, regardless of consequence, so there are people with integrity out there, I'm not saying they have to be drug addicts, that's just my experience, but, you know, somebody with integrity can be like, yeah, I fucked up, I, that was not the right thing to do at the time, like, here's what I did to address it, you know, but mm-hmm. we have to also let that person do that, which yeah. is the tricky part. You so know?
0: you're saying Will Smith should be the next
2: president. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Uh- <laughs> 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 <Shit>. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Like he did apologize to Chris Rock. That was bigger than, um, no. <laughs> yeah. The,
0: the problem is even, if, even at, e- even as he does something like that, it's never the same yeah it's never the same you can't yes we as uh fellow humans should come together and be like will smith obviously you've you know you've came and you've apologized and you've owned up uh for what you did we should all be able to be like good for you let's move on and yeah it's in the past now buddy but that's just the reality the reality of the situation is there's going to be a large portion of us that go you're fucking dead to us, dude. Like, you know, I'm not saying that's how I feel, but I'm just saying there are people out there that will never want to go see another Will Smith movie after what happened, right? Yeah, totally. Well, there's
2: always going to be the outlier, and, you know, um, outliers like that, like, ah, Will Smith's unforgivable, you know, he's untouchable, you know. um, Fuck that guy forever type stuff. Um, But, you know, in my experience, most people... Like we need to do it in mass. This is the tricky part. It's easier to do on an individual level level than in mass, but we just need, you know, to find find a way for like even you know ninety percent of us to like get on board with the idea that like nobody's perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. And we did, and going back to religion, that's that's how we did have that. Like that's where that idiom comes from. He was yeah. out there sin cast the first stone that's you know a basic text that we all believed in for a long time or a lot of people believed in for a long time you know and it's you know so there we just need to figure out the unifying factor i what yes. that is i don't know i think it's kind of Aliens. popular yeah.
1: and has been popular for a while uh, to uh what, what cance canceling someone represents is they made one mistake regardless mm-hmm. of what it is one mistake or a million mistakes in the past um and someone found out about them uh and that person's just dead now like they not there's no coming back from what they've done mm-hmm. um and i think that's a really popular thing for people
2: right now to do yeah well i think and one thing that i am seeing that's actually gives me hope is um more and more people are just like yeah fuck it like, I don't give a fuck. You know, and that's a little bit more what we need. Like, you know, that's why you see, like, Dave Spell's been pretty fucking hard to cancel. You know, Rogan's been pretty fucking hard to cancel. You know, there are people out there that will just be like, yeah, I fucked up. And then soon enough, you know, people forget about it. And, you know, but we need somebody that can do that consistently. And you it's a its a hard practice to do, but... you. You have to admit your mistakes consistently. And so so we have more information. We have more dirt on everybody. So maybe what we need is the person that will unabashedly be imperfect, you know, um, and just own up to this, even while they're in power. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so I just fucked up, you know, here's how it is. Like, if we get a little bit of honesty from our leadership uh, at all levels of life, like, that could go a long way. A little, just a little mm. bit of honesty, like, um, you know, it definitely isn't like, you know, Nancy Pelosi, like pretending she can't hear somebody talk about like her her mm-hmm. husband's mm-hmm. recent stock trades right before, or for, mm-hmm. you know, chip companies. You know, you can't. It's not that person. It's not her. I don't. I don't have a personal beef with her. I think, you know, yeah. But you know, or like, I mean, it's all of Congress. You know, even. Dan Crenshaw from the right stands out there. They're all doing that. They're not the ones. You know, we need one person that, not even one person, a group of people would Mm -hmm. be nice. Like a small group of people that we can, you know, that will just fucking own it. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think, I mean, that's what leaders are. They bring out the best in all of us, right? And... You know it's a little bit more difficult now with the excess of information but a lot of things are like that you know that's why you know there there's so much content out there but you still can't find anything to watch you know yeah um you know it's it's, it's that sort of thing but things still break through you know mm-hmm. and you know we can all get on some common you know well like will smith slapping the shit out of chris rock somehow pretty much everybody knows about that so If we had a group of leaders that are willing to do the same thing, not slap the shit out of Chris Rock, obviously, but, um, you know, just be responsible adults in the room, like a group of them, and, you know, that movement can grow and grow and grow, and then that can be the norm. We got ourselves into this situation. We can get ourselves out. Is it going to be easy? No. It's going to be fucking tough. It's going to be a long, arduous journey, you know, but eventually you can turn the tide i think a lot
0: another factor that uh that makes this thing so difficult is just how big our country is you know compared to like other european uh countries you know it's hard to find one guy or girl or (laughs) non-binary to to rule over us essentially that's you know tongue-in-cheek obviously but like you were 350 million people deep. You know, how big is freaking, you know, Norway or, you know, Spain? You so you're know? saying
1: we need to be China and have more control over the people?
0: No, uh, no, I, I just think, <laughs> keep yeah. Them, keep them in line? <laughs> keep them like, in line, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't step out of line. Uh, Trace um, all their movements? You know, it, it, like, that's that in itself seems impossible, Right one person to for 350 million people like, yeah, oof. like it, it's good that we're all united in that way. And I'm not saying like we should like fucking, mm-hmm. you know, divide up the country, but like we have 50 States, you know, a lot of people think like libertarians would, would, would agree with me by saying, you know, obviously smaller governments better. Like, so does it, does it make sense? For us to like dissolve the federal government and just go straight to state governments and now are we back to like european country type style like how does that even like you know but then you have like the states that barely have like a like a positive gdp or you know like you have california who's like arguably you know the powerhouse of you know united states in terms of economy wise and then like new york and there's some of so the th- that, that that seems like a bad idea too. So it's like yeah. we find ourselves in between a rock and a hard well, place,
2: right? I think uh, education would be super right now, um, because that that'll at least give us a framework uh, for what I'm about to say. Um, there's a reason that we have a a, a federalist like republic, mm-hmm. you know, and we get. It's it's a little bit different now that interstate commerce and everything is is more accessible and especially with the Internet even more. So Um, so it's blurred the lines and I think we our system has had trouble adapting. But so there's state government that deals with the smaller scale stuff. And then the federal government is only supposed to come in like in matters that affect interstate or, you know, that are uh, that affect other states. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a little bit more difficult. I think we need to like kind of reassess what we're doing. I don't think necessarily small governments uh the answer or big government, smart government is is really where we got to go. Mm-hmm. And um that's where the education piece comes in, you know. I think we could have a federal uh federal society, you know, in theory, but it'd be a little bit difficult now that like we can get from one side of the country to the other in like two days, you know, three days, you know, it's that, that, that was a game changer. So what we need more is responsible governance, you know, than anything like personal accountability as well. You know, could um, you go the
0: other way and be like, do we need a global government taking federal government to the next level? Now we have unification of leaders we elect
2: one person to uh,
1: rule right, us all. Like a United Nations?
2: <laughs> yeah, but not everybody
1: participates in that.
2: No, I you uh, see, I, I would think more of a League of Nations. League. That, that hasn't ever been tried before. Uh, sounds guess. better than United Where we could
0: work through our, you know, there's a back smoky room full. Of, oh, wait. the Illuminati (laughs) (laughs) that's the answer the whole time (laughs) holy shit they were right do you think if we all if we do have like nukes flying across uh the seas do you does that just squash the whole idea of the Illuminati because don't you think that they would have just made that shit go away
2: I don't know. You'd have to ask that um, one Bond villain motherfucker that wants the Great Recess. Uh, who's yeah. that guy? The World Economic Forum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The head of the, that. Uh, the head of that. Uh, maybe ask him. But I think there are, uh, you know, absolutely like um, groups of well-connected people that are trying to control things, but they don't control all the things because you have each of those in each country, so yeah um i just need somebody we need a group of people that
0: operate behind the scenes that have has dirt on everybody that can just maintain
1: the peace we did and then epstein died
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was it that was it that was the glue that held us all together yeah
2: as soon as he
0: got it oh man (laughs) oh we just solved it. Yeah. We need another Epstein. <laughs> Ever since then, things have been <laughs> bad. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know there. All jokes aside, the real problem is, the people that want to be leaders aren't the people that should be leaders. Yeah. Like the people that like strive for power and control, are mm. not the ones. <laughs> so it's, yeah, we're in a rock and hard place. Um, Do you fuck. want to be a leader, Tom? Do you, um, want to, you want to be, run for president. <laughs> Fuck! I don't know if I'm uh, I'm ready for that kind of responsibility. Maybe if I had a good brain trust behind me, I would uh, mm. I would consider st- something like that. But you know, I mean, it's just not feasible right now because I, a I don't have the platform, and uh, we're starting it right now. You can you can
0: uh, throw out your bid right on this this very right. podcast. Say
1: something very controversial, and it'll get it going. <laughs> yeah, we can get it
0: <laughs> viral. Something that we no some one momentum. else has said yet.
1: <laughs> but don't get us canceled though yeah yeah yeah
2: gay bikers for jesus is the only way forward
1: all right there you go folks that's it that's, this is our next president. The
2: unifying uh factor so yes um to all you people out there i will be making a bid for the uh presidency in 2024
0: Vote Kramer. vote <laughs> kramer i love it
2: I think we should end on that.
0: That sounds, that seems like very, <laughs> <bad>. good, <laughs> good end cap. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually you uh,
1: do ask, uh, any like words of wisdom or anything. Yeah. So I think that was pretty good it, that, yeah, that covered the bases. I think so, <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: we, that, this, this was a wild journey, but I'm glad we went on it.
0: Yeah. Same. same. Thanks for being on, man. Really, uh, glad to know more about you and to hear uh, a little more about your story, uh, what you've been going through and the, in the past years um and i uh i hope um i hope everything kind of your trajectory is
2: is up so i i, I hope you continue on that yeah, let's main, I, i'd be glad if i could maintain that well yeah. i'm gonna give it my damnedest though. So. perfect Fuck yeah
0: we'll have you back on soon man because this was great we had a we had yeah. a great time and speak for both of us um <laughs> It's like conversations like these is what gets me like excited to keep doing these, you know, these yeah. these episodes and whatnot. So,
2: yeah. I don't even know what we talked about, but we did it. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, it's good. Now yeah, it, be that must be that's good podcasting. I think just <laughs> yeah. conversate. Hey, I can't remember the last time I just straight up didn't look at my phone or watch in hours. So,
0: yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, it's yeah,
2: it's you get lost in the moment. You never know what'll happen. Yeah, for sure. Awesome.
0: On that note, thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, catch us on Spotify, YouTube, all the platforms. You know, Maybe OnlyFans. I don't know. One Miles day. is still working on it.
2: I'll, I'll take that side of the business. I'll <laughs> uh, out oh, <yeah, laughs> yeah, with that. All let's right, weird. fair enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Till next time. See ya. Bye.